The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z dot com. I am Jermaine Morris here as always with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We're bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Most definitely say something with Jermaine Morris and Barry Axis, where we talk about everything going on in the life out here in the traffic out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. <laughs> Always keeping it frosty on the block. Episode number 106. Booyah! 101.06.1. <laughs> That's KML. Shout out to KML. <laughs> right. Uh, as always, like to highlight individuals who've done something for the culture, either still with us or have gone on to the ancestral planes. Yes, sir. Those who've done things that are news and noteworthy, whether it be in information, education, whether it be in entertainment, whether it be social reform, whatever, something that really left a stamp, left an imprint, moved the needle in some way, shape or form. Uh, this week, I'd like to uh, highlight an individual. She's still with us. Nice. She's she, she, she been in the game a minute, though. <laughs> but she, she she's still with us and originally from uh detroit michigan motown and she was of that era speaking of which of that motown era of that group where barry gordy put together a camp that if you're young in the tooth you would think along the lines of what sean combs did with bad boy or what dre did with you know just just culminating a group of artists who went on to all leave their their imprint barry gordy put together like like a staff, Smokey Robinson, Temptations, the whole nine. Like he put a squad together, and in her time period, cultural icon. You know, when people think of what you know Marilyn Monroe was in a period, or if you're younger, what you think of a, a Kardashian or a Jenner. You know, um, she was that for us, and so by talent wise, Motown was 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 killing the game when it came to music. Her group is up there as one of the number one female selling groups of all time. Their record still stands with 12 number one singles for all female group. Really? Destiny's Child still ain't touched them yet. I was about to say that's ain't Destiny's yeah. Child. TLC and Destiny's Child has gone on to sell more records, but this group still has 12 number ones. And uh, they have, they haven't touched them yet. And, Accredited on her own, she's the American Music Awards, Golden Globes, Grammys, People Choice, all that, even an Academy Award nomination for her portrayal of uh, Billie Holiday in Lady Sings the Blues. She it went on to have a daughter. She's had five kids. One of her daughters is a contemporary now that a lot of people may be familiar with who stars uh, on the show Girlfriend, stars on Blackish. Her daughter is Tracy Ellis Ross. But for us, she's a cultural icon, I mean, still killing the game. A woman that just exuded talent, femininity, uh, just was, I mean, and did it as a darker complected black woman. Like she wasn't high yellow, like 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 a Dorothy Dandridge for the time period. She but she was actually it. brown. Mm. And so that was different in the senses because you get TV and stuff. You you they wanted what they termed fair skin. They wanted, you know, Manila folder, but she was she was a brown skinned woman who was actually on the cover of magazines and stuff, which was a little different for the time period. But in any event, uh, an amazing talent, I said a cultural icon and and definitely one of our stars. Uh, shout out one time to Miss Diana Ross. <laughs> I was about to say, yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah. You didn't do D Ross before? Uh uh-uh. uh. So her crew had 12 number one hits? Mm-hmm. 12 number one singles in Billboard. And no one's passed that. They've, people have sold more records for an all female group. So are there individuals who, who have more than who have more than uh, twelve? I'd like yes. like Mariah Carey. I think has more, and uh, maybe even Beyonce as an individual. Yeah, but but, but here's a, you know what's so funny, man. It's so funny is like you hear that right. And I don't even think they give girl groups enough time nowadays to even get close to that record. No. How things have changed. How long was the, uh, they were together for? Uh, the the Supremes, Supremes as a as a whole, their run, not as long as you think. Because so it, it, it was that it, it was like they were just such a hot sixties that sixties Motown run because they kept falling out. Okay, so so, they, so basically SWV and. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Um, TLC, eh, eh. Escape, eh, eh. Destiny no. Child, eh, eh. So, so TLC was the was the next one up for album sales, okay? Because that second album with uh, Creep and all that stuff on it, that yeah. crazy, sexy, cool album sold like crazy. And then their follow up album that had like no scrubs and unpretty and stuff. That's what sent them over. Um album sales but if you take them if you take you can't there's not 12 number one tlc songs can you, even, can, can you even name when you think about how big tlc was yeah can you even name any other group that has come close to that outside of destiny's child like that's why the next baton the next one was destiny child like there was, was all these people who came and and people got to remember too for r&b music in the 90s it wasn't like it is now, where there's one. Is there such thing? Huh? Is R and B music now? Yeah, d- technically. Um, well, there are, but they're not the they're not the mainstream ones. So there's there's a, there's a, they're out there. But back then, R and B artists, R and B was the popular music. So you had it was flooded, and but not but not flooded like oversaturated. It was just flooded because even though you had, so say you had TLC, which you can kind of, they had R&B songs, but you wouldn't yeah. necessarily call them an R&B group. But at the same time, you well, had- So you consider them a pop, you had a pop group? Huh? Yeah, you consider them a pop group? No, but I mean, but they're all their songs, primarily because of Left Eye, didn't, so they had songs that, that you wouldn't necessarily say this is an R&B Ain't Too Proud to Beg isn't an R&B song. What is it considered? It would a just pop? be- it would because eh, it would fall in. That's why they split it. They would call uh, uh, soul slash rap or R&B slash rap because Left Eye was rapping on all the songs. So back because you got to remember the beginning, R&B didn't like but it. Still was, but, it yeah, but it was still considered R&B at mm. that particular time. At that particular time, it was still R&B. What I'm saying, I'm saying songs. OK, so if you're saying so, that's why when they used to sell it, there was a, a definitive issue with R&B and rap music. That that a lot of the 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 icon the bass people who like R and B singers didn't like rap verses over R and B songs, so they used to keep trying to draw this line between. No, there's a difference between singing, like don't put uh, Luther Vandross in the same category as Jodeci, mm-hmm. like like, and that's when they created soul versus R and B. 
because they because soul music doesn't have R&B soul. Is that what you is that what you're saying? No, no. That's why Mary J. Blige became hip hop soul. The queen of hip hop soul because they had soul music. R&B started loves R&B started putting rappers on their songs. No, I know that soul singers didn't want to be grouped with R&B singers anymore because hip hop was on the songs. So but, they made all these subcategories. But here's the situation, though. Even yeah. though you say that, most people would still consider TLC as an R&B group because their biggest hits don't have left eye in them. Yeah, well, what I mean, regardless of it all, it, that that's what most people are going to consider them as an R&B group. So I hear what you're saying in yeah. the sense of that, and and, and 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 unfortunately, guess what? Because we're having the tidbit with this is the reason why I think R&B is dead because there wasn't a particular place to collaborate with the R&B hip hop merger in a way of categorizing it that made everybody feel like, okay, yeah, I'm still an R&B group or still an R&B artist. I might've busted a Bobby Brown rap because Bobby Brown used to rap on his stuff. You wouldn't say that he was, wasn't an R&B, you know, he was a king of R&B at one particular time. Right. And then you have another genre of pop music right was considered as like well is michael jackson pop or an r&b well he has a pop song but he has an r&b kind of song so i think those were able to easily emerge compared to hip-hop where it was a whole different thing and at that same particular time hip-hop wasn't looked at with the same kind of uh uh, you know respect as it is now back in the day because r&b was such at a level and and pop was such at a level that it still could be like, ah, we don't really have to merge with y'all as much as a lot of the newer artists were starting to kind of put that uh, mesh in there. And now we don't necessarily even have what you rel- rel- what you relatively would call R&B music, in my idea, from what you said. Yes, we do have more underground, uh, more underground like artists. Jasmine Sullivan yeah. is an R&B artist. Okay, but would you her. consider her as huh? an R&B artist? Would you consider her? Yeah. An R&B artist, you'd consider her. We'll I see would some. Consider Marsha Ambrosius an R&B artist. Okay, some folks would, consider. but but some folks might consider them neo soul. So I mean, well, however you want to see that. That's the subgroups that were created. Yeah, exactly. So that's right? why I'm saying like, the, pop just means popular music. So once artists started reaching certain degrees of of fame, like a certain sound became super popular, that got shifted to pop music, regardless of whatever category you started in. So you could be an R&B group, and if your song charts in these popular music charts, you then became a pop artist. Well, so that then that's the thing. So people are like, "Well, no, I I I sing. I'm an R&B artist. I'm not a pop artist." Well, technically you are, and technically you aren't. So that that's why the the labels are 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 really um, vague, you know. Like, because yeah, a neo soul just means you're more of a throwback. Your neo soul was an original. R&B. If you were original R&B music pri- prior to hip hop music, that's what a neo soul artist became. But since R&B got mixed with hip hop, they didn't want that R&B label anymore, so they created neo soul, which was the throwback to the the Luthers and the and the the the, the, the pre hip hop R&B music. Well, well, here's the thing. Yeah, because we didn't figure out a artistic collaboration that would benefit the masses we have now lost traditionally what we needed 
to balance the music, which was R&B, yeah. right? Because as we came up and as we was talking offline and we'll continue to talk about it further on in our conversation, when you had that guy, you had that after seven, you had that troop, that, that Jodeci, that Michael Jackson, that Prince, you had all those genres, the TLCs, you know, you had the escapes, SWV, the 702s, you had those to be able to balance, <laughs> right, that that charge of grittiness and that, you know, hyper uh, masculine flavor or just even feminine flavor. It's like, oh, okay, you can kind of wind it down. That's why as much as we, or at least I did and my guys, because we were more on a more grittier scene, we laughed at the Will Smiths, but Will Smith was important in my childhood when I was being introduced to rap, right? Yeah. He was more, you know, those hits like Summer, Summertime and, um, you know, I had a fight with Mike Tyson or parents just don't understand. No. Like those common songs help balance hip hop because you still had N.W.A. You still had Big Daddy Kane in the same genre. You still yeah. had Kid and Play. It was a hip hop as a genre was fulfilled with so many different varieties of artistry where you didn't have to feel dumbed down by choosing one. It was yeah. like, I can listen to DOS effects and then turn around and listen to ice cube. And you weren't considered anything, but you loved hip hop. I can listen yeah. to special ed cool Modi, and then turn around and have a great time with MC hammer where now our music is just consolidated to like, this is what you're listening to. This is yeah. it. This is the thing. Like, wait a minute. Nothing else matters. And when I say that, these people that I'm talking about at a particular time were at a high level of music. Now, their careers, some have elevated to other things and some kind of hit their mark. But it was not because that at the particular time when they came out, we were deemed to only have to listen to gangster rap. You couldn't listen to party rap. You couldn't listen to conscious rap. It was just hip hop. No. This is the different faces of hip hop where now it's changed to where this is hit this is hip hop it's more street orientated and now with the street orientation of it there's no balance being because now we can't even go to the 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 genre of R&B music that subtly calmed us and cooler heads prevailed when we could be able to listen to uh Ralph Transman talking about a man with sensitivity and we don't even got none of that shit now it's there but it's not on the you front gotta, line. You gotta, like find, it you gotta look a little harder you gotta find for, it. for now than, than than you used to be able to before. Yeah, there's no. Cause, I mean, because you get all these it's separation and then consolidation. So you had all those groups who didn't want to be grouped in with one another. So you don't don't put me in the same category as them. Separate me from them. Separate me from them. Separate me from them. Till you okay. Well, now you're all a bunch of little groups, and those are easy to to round up. So had ever had there been more of a united front in the sense of I don't have to necessarily like what you do, but you're fine to do it. <laughs> it had to be uh, uh, two live crew and them talking mess about kid and play. It had to be Ice Cube talking about MC Hammer. It had to be all you know. There couldn't just I be think that, that 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 that's when it really started to particularly. The, the, the downward spiral yeah. really, really began in that, in fighting, even though we enter, were entertained by it, right? Yeah. But I think that what you're connecting really started to change 
like when Ice Cube would say, I don't dance, I boogie, or basically clowning, you know, MC Hammer, and you turn around and your career has mirrored what MC Hammer was doing on the front end. A lot of their <laughs> careers wish they had MC Hammer careers. I'm just saying. On and off the stage. Right. Like a lot right. of them wish. But, but yeah, but I mean, he did the true to the game where he's making fun of uh, Hammer dance, do dance around like him and stuff. And, and then yeah. all the commercial endorsements and all that different yeah. stuff. And the next thing you know, here you are. Yeah, but that was the thing. It, it, we like to think that a lot of it was the machine that came by and took over. It was us. We, it was all that in-house tribal fighting which left the industry exposed and able to become and taken over yeah. it was I, i'm a no nah, i don't i don't do that over there i don't do i remember when they had the awards when outcast won yeah and when they took the stage they were getting booed yeah and and, and, and andre made that that powerful speech he's like y'all keep disrespecting us but the south got something to say yeah you know and it was just yeah. like like and then the south took over and they did right. and so <laughs> it was like <laughs> eventually took over he, and now know, it's like, passed around right it get passed around i don't now even Memphis know if they even a, I, I think with the exception of 50 there was a window with 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 50 but artists have broken through i don't think the south is as as given up day spot well when i say the south now yeah. the south has now because they've created a genre now it's being passed like well, florida had it and you can and you can waver. Florida is East Coast, and Florida is the South. It's like a kind of waver machine, right? It's a hybrid, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's very much of a hybrid. But then you have right now some of the hottest artists that are coming out of hip hop currently right now is from Memphis. So you got a a, a a a mirage of Memphis rappers, and you and I grew up on Eight Ball and MGG, MJG, and things of that nature. So I think we watching still call that, Southern rappers, yeah. So there were Southern rappers, and then yeah. you know Texas and Houston had a long a, a long run. When in that time where that's when I was kind of emerging out of hip hop, but kind of still in it, but it was not as interesting as it was. But that was Houston had a good push for a while. So, yeah, the South hasn't let go of its stranglehold. It's been other states within the South Southern areas that have kind of climaxed uh, to and everybody moved there. Catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. If you go to the music offices in New York, nobody's there anymore. So, I mean, they have a they have skeleton buildings with executives, but everybody is down in Atlanta. Well, it's, it's Atlanta. I mean, it, Atlanta it, it, is a black Hollywood, as my daughter likes to call it. Yeah, just because your money goes so much further. Yeah, so rather than you paying for an apartment in New York, which is nothing, you can get a plantation down in Georgia. And there's a and there's a whole bunch of black entrepreneurship where it's not hard as it is other places. Yeah. So you got Hollywood, black Hollywood, Atlanta. And you, of course, you got L.A. It's still a staple because that, that's still a place you got to go to. And then you got New York. TV or movies you got to come Yeah, right. And then you got other places where you can really catapult your career in Houston. You got Florida and all these other different places. But music in itself, because as you said, my brother, we dropped the ball because we also bought into the idea of um, being a part of the corporate fabric. No. instead of staying independent and that was not that was done by us of course a lot of us had choices and decisions to make but it was also played in a way of promoting you not on a big label what are you really doing right just like they did to us before the many lies of america when uh the one of the big american lies was like you are not going to be successful without a college degree Right. Get a college degree. You will make this amount of money. And then everybody rushed to go to get college degrees. And then when you get to the pandemic, the college degree 
uh, myth and understanding of a college degree just pretty much collapsed it right in front of your face. It was like, uh, you know, it's like because all of a sudden during a pandemic, you had everyone having to create other lines of supplemental income, right? You had to create other streams of income and you saw yourself in a dilemma where entrepreneurship, being a creator, being an inventor of something was probably your best lift ticket in the first place. And it comes right back around. America was it built off of what? Yes, enslavement was definitely the part of it. But in enslavement of African-Americans, you find yourself understanding that there was a big thing that came out of inventors, ideas. So that creative nature of when you talk about the enslavement of our people, those came out and the inventors and those who established um, that creator creative aspect where you see um, Henry Ford get celebrated for, you know, kind of, uh, you know, creating the car. But a lot of us don't know he stole it from African-Americans. Right. He stole it from black. Yeah. People. All that stuff. Historically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that it swung right back around as being an inventor, being a creator in the pandemic. Right. Because you saw yourself having to figure out different ways. If you were laid off at your job, if you were sitting, said that you can't go nowhere for however many months and things of that nature, you had to figure out some other type of shit. And I think that to me, like really split this whole idea of college as well as college experience. You no longer had the college experience. It's telling you to go online. So wait a minute, I don't get to go on a big ass campus no more and, and, and feel this college experience. So it's like, what the fuck do I need a degree the for? Tuition is no, no less. And the tuition is no, 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 <laughs> no. Tuition is no less. And so, so it's like, what am I doing this for? Because you will pay the tuition to get the experience, but I'm not going to pay the tuition and not get the experience. I can self-educate myself. I think a couple things. So I remember graduating high school, and if if you didn't have like uh some like a, a set career, like your dad owned something, like a certain business you were going directly into, um, or you're going to the military, or you were going to college, like you were considered like not about to do anything with your life. So if either what are you going to do after high school, man? I'm gonna work in my dad's hardware shop. Okay, what are you doing after high school? I'm joining the army. Okay, what are you doing after high school? I'm going to college. Okay, if you pick those three lanes, no one really said anything to you. You were on some kind of path. And so, but I remember everybody who was going to like vocational schools, like the, 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 the you know, the ITT tech, or I'm going to uh, welding, or I'm going to, those people were looked down upon. Like, yeah. all people, what, are you, what are you doing, man? I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this, uh, this eight week, the 16 week. This uh whatever, whatever. Oh, you are you, you going to school? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going over to, to DeVry. I'm going over to like all those types of schools. Those people were just like clowned and shunned. So now you fast forward 20 years and everybody's like, forget college. Send your kid to go to vocational school so you can learn something specific. So you can go to work right away with a skill set and a trade so you can start earning money and build your career. Because all those people who went to college immediately, they came home with degrees. And college loans, student loan debt did not translate to a job. And you had absolutely no you didn't have a tangible skill. You just had information in a particular subject. So that's information that you, you have to now learn how to degree. apply. What's that? I said information that you now have to learn how to apply. Yeah, that liberal arts degree. That's great. Um, communication. That was the funniest thing. Communication degrees. I remember doing radio stuff, TV stuff. Whenever there would be. Somebody would come in. I'm going to I'm getting a communication degree so I can be in radio or TV. And everybody would just laugh. 
And it was like, what? It's like everybody here or everybody you ever heard of was an intern. I said, unless you're going into journalism, like you want to cover the news and you want to get like hard hitting stories, you need to learn how to fact check and do the, you know, your due diligence that way. You need to, you go, go get the degree stuff, go to communication and journalism. But if you want to be on the radio, you're going to have to get somebody some coffee. Like if, if you want to get your break doing this, you're going to be picking folks up from the airport and you better learn how to grab some dry cleaning. But uh, a lot of those folks who went and came back with degrees, worthless, worthless degrees. It's just something that collects dust. It uses as a dustpan. That's more it, it's get more use out of it than. Um, yeah. Liberal. Art. I don't even know what you even do with half these degrees except pay the pay, pay for the uh, pay the bill for them. I mean, it, and then you find yourself not being able to get things that you want because of your college loan. If you get one. Right. Yeah. Trying to get a house. Oh, you have a three hundred thousand dollars in debt, but you know it, it does it hits your score. It's like that should be forgivable. That should be forgivable. Like the balance is the same. Come on, dog. Like like it, the hustle <laughs> of you know it does not guarantee. Like I'm making more money than some college degree people. Unless you're in something like. I can't even say necessarily. I mean, if you been, if you went to med school to become a doctor, I get it. To become a dentist, I get it. If you're if you're doing lab technician, if you're um, professor or something, because most people like tech people I know, most of them aren't graduates. They went I to know. college for a year or two and dropped out, <laughs> and then started doing what they were doing. Yeah, like I know guys went to San, Fr- uh, San Francisco. They they went to Cal Poly. They went to Davis. Went to Cal. The, the tech ones. They was in college for a year, maybe to drop out of here. And then they're in their field. Yeah. Like Silicon Valley is not full of college graduates. Oh, at all. <laughs> Where the Google oh. offices and, and Facebook, all that stuff. There's oh. a lot of college, college it's, students. It's, 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 it's just a big American lie. And I think yeah. that we've been lied to so much when they talk about this virus. That's why I am hesitant. I'm like, because eh. I remember all the big American lies, the white lies. I, I remember watching the Ten Commandments and I'm looking at white people. I'm like, okay. Oh, the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. That, like, Wait a minute, okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. Charles Heston. You know what I mean? I, I remember looking at Cleopatra. It's this white woman that's named Elizabeth Taylor. I'm like, yeah. well, interesting. Okay. Couldn't really figure that out, but I just kind of went with it. It was just the Ten Commandments and yeah. whatever. And um, when you start doing your history, you're like, how the hell could them motherfuckers be even white? Where I am looking at just the geographics of this whole situation yeah. when I'm watching the Cowboys and the Indians and them Cowboys are the good guys and the Indians are always the bad guys. Like some savages, you know what I mean? Oh, that is pillaging the, the, the white community, right? You know what I mean? Like, all right, shit. God damn. Them damn Indians, you know, can't yeah, find yeah, any. It make you think the Indians are bad people. Just the worst people in the world. Cow- it was cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers. And then you go into it. You got to so watch you- the cop. Every cop is this outstanding officer friendly. Uh, officer friendly. Like the 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 neighbor you want to have next door, saving the cats. Uh, you know what I mean. Shielding the uh the the grandma from the yeah. bullet. And it's like these. And it's all always majority of them were always white. It had to be white, 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 white. Yeah. Except when I finally saw Beverly Hills Cop. And it was like, oh, shit, there's a black cop there. Okay, there are black cops. Oh, shit, damn. All right, maybe I got to go to Mike Lowry. So (laughs) these lies 
because we then find out police ain't nothing like the TV shows. Police ain't nothing like the movies. Um, the Indians actually were trying to protect their land yeah. and were getting slaughtered by the Cowboys. And all those white people and Ten Commandments should have been black. So when you we, you you see these lies right in our face when they're promoting and trying to illustrate this idea to you, to I, to us, that college is the new wave, as you said, you, when we were growing up, high school diploma is all you needed. Find yourself a career in a way of a trade. You have your parents, hopefully, that have a business opportunity or a business endeavor or business already operating. You could yeah. slide in there, but it wasn't just go to college. An average American can still afford a house for like $50,000. And that was a lot of money back then. $50,000. I, yes. In, you could, in certain areas, you could still get a house for 50 k bro. And in, in the nation, yeah, I was just thinking where I was living. I was well, fifty k, you still it wasn't a hundred thousand. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it wasn't how maybe some other places. I remember it was around where I'm at now. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's early nineties. You know what I'm saying? You moving around in this world, and you find the inflation has just, and we're still getting paid kibbles and bits. You found yeah, the, the wage is not is. <laughs> I think that the math is, is this for the the degree of inflation, minimum wage, I think it said it should be somewhere around $40 an hour. And how can be, that be? Would be the, the ratio for yes. how much things have gone up to where the wage was, orig- like once upon a time, the jump, the, the equivalent would be a minimum wage of somewhere around 40 bucks. But that to me, it's like a burger used to be 25 cents, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it's it's um, what is? It? I remember all kind of stuff for for a dollar. You just go through a store and um, I remember those little pies. A dollar yeah, meant something. Those little home run pies, you <laughs> yeah. say whatever. You get like four, five of them for a buck, brother. A dollar now they like two ninety nine a piece. Listen, just, a, <laughs> a dollar meant something. But soda pop was like twenty five cents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you right? can't even. You can't, you can't even with a vending machine with a dollar. Listen. When you talk about the wage should be $40 because of the inflation, yeah. how it's climaxed, how in the hell would me as a small business owner even be able to afford that to pay somebody $40 an hour? You know what I'm saying? That may be one day of me getting sales, depending on what day that is, right? Yeah. So it's a crazy concept, though I do believe there are businesses that can pay like Amazon, McDonald's. I think some of these businesses could pay upwards that, to or close to that. Yeah, that number is the is an example of not necessarily what it should be, but that's what it would be if it stayed equal. Now, in theory, you can't practice that. $40, no, you can't. That. But if you were to say, well, well, how much has money changed over the years? That's the that's the equivalent of of that's the gap. of. So what if you were making four bucks before? You know, it, it, if you were making four dollars before and paying forty bucks for something, you're paying damn near. You know, whatever that math would be. Because, like, what minimum wage back in the nineties when I started four twenty five, right? Four twenty five when I started working. Okay, wage, so let's say you got a job that was paying like 
eight bucks an hour. You know, like you think you're a millionaire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're I like out of high school, I had a job to pay six and some change, and I thought that was just a come up, <laughs> brother. Like, like it was. I was made. Oh, I was. I'm out of here. I was working fast food, and I was, and then I jumped ah. up and left fast food for uh for, for Starbucks, and Starbucks was paying me six something, and then you got tip oh. that little change thing. You got your paycheck one week, then you got the little tip thing the next week. I was like, oh, I'm making six and some change, and I'm getting tips the next week. You can't oh. tell me nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, but then is- I was talking to a young man this weekend and he was talking about it and we both know him and he was talking about how he graduated high school. He started college and how he wants to move out. And, 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 and I was just like, I said, like, look, I get it. Like, I understand. He's like, I just, he doesn't, he's not gonna live on his own. He wants to move out and move in with roommates. He just wants to be out of home. You know, he won't get up. At, at, and I was just like, slow down. I said, what you're running towards ain't going nowhere. Like, like just, just get yourself, get you some footing, get yourself straight. He's like, well, how old were you when you left? And I was telling him, I said, when I moved out, my first apartment was $400 a month. And, and my car note was $130 or something like that. I was just like, I said, That's, that was a much more doable manager. My overhead was, you know, $600 a month is all I needed to make in 1997. You know, I was like, that's very, it was very doable back there. I said, one bedrooms in this town now is around 1350 just for a one bedroom. He was, I said, he's like, yeah, man, my car is like 300. I was like, just slow down. I know exactly who you're talking to. Yeah. I know yeah. exactly who you're talking slow about. Slow down. Yeah. Just get your foot and that, and, You know, <laughs> no, and, and that's the, and that's the greatest thing about the college experience going back to that, right? Yeah. Though it's a hustle. Um, though there's a lot of things that I say about college that should not be in uniform, the experience of allowing a young person to have this kind of time to experience life by themselves, I rather you do it with valued content and going out of your normal area. If you're going to go, go to another state. So one, everything's going to be a lot cheaper, right? It would be a lot cheaper. So you can then say, I'm going to get my own apartment or I'm going to do this. Or we're going to live in the dorms and go transfer the old apartment. Or, you know, you go to a higher base of, of a state college, but it's not in town. And then we have to kind of maybe figure out principles of how we pay for it. All right, whatever. But that's the time where I say to the young people and the young person, reach your independence because I understand what kids value. It's when they want to have independence, what these thoughts are when they talking about, I want to move out. I understand. Don't want to be no longer micromanaged by your parents. I got that. Want to be able to come and go as you please. I got that. Want to have sex, drugs, alcohol, and and, and parties and eat whatever the heck you want all together. I understand that. The simple fact that you can have a little booty call at 12 o'clock and man, baby, come through, boom, or I left the door open to you, boom, or you got the homeboys in the crib, you're playing video games for the last two days, smoking and drinking, Ain't nobody in the crib, nobody, don't got to worry about doing dishes, don't mom, that, no, I, brother, to have your own chick in your crib by itself it's such a powerful feel like, yo, come over to my crib. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be like, 
stationary, trying to figure out hotels. Is your parents away? Are my parents away? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get all that. But again, like you said, my brother Morris, that's not going anywhere. Nowhere. Because <laughs> you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. And that means if you take those old man steps or the old girl steps now, you're going to have to probably continue those old, old man time. and old women steps for the rest of your life. Because a lot of times people who are young and move out can't come back to the same situation. One or two things. Usually the parent that you left ain't going for it. And then secondly, when you come back and you figure out that the same rules apply when you're 25, yeah. that you were, you when you were 17, <laughs> you can't do it. So you're out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and I was so telling that gets, him. That, that, that like, gets out of everything. That, 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 give, that it, really it, give it a year. Get do your first year of college. Get you know get because he's working. He still got school. I said you're gonna have to get acclimated to a college schedule, to a college life. I know you want to move out. I said, look, what you run once you get out. I said you got the after you finish, you got the next sixty plus years to live however you want, whenever you want, do what you want, come and go as you please. I'm saying, sit on it for twelve months. Like contribute to the house. Don't just think you're gonna live there for free like you did as a high school sophomore. But you working, kick in on something, you know, get you a base. I was like, I said, what you going to do? He's like, man, I got these roommates. I said, well, what happens if one of the roommates can't pay their share of the rent? Which is very common amongst three teenagers. I said, so what happens with the first time you going to have the homies rent? Oh, so you might get evicted because the homie ain't coming through. I said, what happens if you need four brand new tires? Four new tires is, it can be anywhere from five to a G, depending upon what you're driving. Or are you trying to get some some old ones, some old used ones on there and, and hope it lasts? I said, but if you just need four, let you need some some calipers and rotors. Let you need a new alternator and a battery. Let you just need some real life stuff that, that you got to take four five hundred dollars out your monthly income for. That's your rent. Don't do it. I said, get yourself set. And I think that's something too. We we get preached to, and, and it's like supposed to be this badge of honor that when you turn eighteen, you're out. When you turn 18, you're gone. When you turn 18, you grown. So you need to do all your own, regardless if you're prepared for it or not. Now, if you're a parent that teaches your kid about taxes, teaches your kid about investments, teaches your kid about business owning, teaches your kid about handling mortgages and car notes. And uh, if you've taught, if you've actually trained your child that way, so at 18, they have all the necessary information. That is a completely different conversation with me. But I know too many 30 year olds who are just figuring that out. So I know you don't know it and your kid don't know it at 17 to think that as soon as the calendar day hit 18, that they miraculously know. I'm going to understand it. They just got done. They just got done being kids. Yeah. Like that's what the, again, the whole idea, this American illusion and this American lie. Okay. Let's be very clear. 17 year olds were fighting wars at a particular time. 16 year olds were fighting a war at a particular time in that common place that we used to be in America. And then they said, all right, well, it's a little bit too crazy. Let's wait till 18. What the hell does any 18 year old got a place to go fight any war or be in any kind of military? Right now, if you want to do a two year of adult training that kind of ties into, you know, the next level of that. It's military if you choose to, not that this idea of writing your uh, life to a military for well, how many ever years and go, I, you know, 
there should be two years of life skill experiencing like it should be programmed because these kids i wasn't even though i was a lot more mature and a lot more um life orientated because i did a lot of shit by myself already these kids are not prepared for what they see and what they think they want because our age and our era we experienced a lot more younger without our parents like i didn't have my dad picking me and dropping me off i wasn't going to my dad asking for money at a particular time that was out like it was just okay nigga you're gonna keep on doing what you do don't look at me for help all right well cool i got that i'm gonna keep doing what i want to do so i'm gonna have to go get it on my own these kids are so babied by their parents or whoever is and i know that to be true because i shoot dropped off my daughter i did all the stuff i didn't want her to take buses i did i was there but because of the, the the job I had at the particular time allowed me to have uh, enough work and to be around at enough of a sufficient time where I wasn't doing a whole bunch of night shifts and, you know, working at the times my daughter was at home. I was working at the time my daughter was at school. By the time she got off, I'm right there. So that was the luxury that I had. But in that luxury, I had to scrape for a few other things. That's what kept the entrepreneur side of me because I never really worked at a particular time as she got older, a full-time per se job, it was like I created part-time jobs and created the full-time in them. So I say that to say that the life experiences our young kids are having are more social media-wise compared to really being out there on their own. And when they are out there, it's so superficial. And then in the experiences in the household, now they aren't in jointly, like my daughter and I, every night, if we're not going out to eat, which was rarely weekends, we probably do that more. Yeah. Well, we're sitting at the table. We're eating, <laughs> you know, we're eating. That's what we're doing. We're eating. There wasn't this take my food to the, to the, to the room. I go it was like, nah, man, yeah. come on. Let's holler. I don't care if you, you know, I don't care what's going on with your life. We're sitting down. We're having conversations. Da, 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 da. This shit ain't happening in these households. It's like these kids are running such a muck that in our day when we were coming up, we had to have some of the most strategic lies lined up to make sure we got to the places we needed to go. It wasn't yeah. like you couldn't just be like, all right, every weekend I'm going to the mall. I'm going to the mall. Like, nigga, well, you went to the mall last week. Like, why are you going there again? I think, too, like, so, 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 A, I get safety. Now, now we have the different concerns now. I don't necessarily, we necessarily have more. Like we don't have, like you'll hear, we don't have more sexual predators now than we had before. We just have yeah, more information on it. And then on top of that, let me just say this, on top of that, back in our days, all those sexual predators, the reason why they got away with it, because you wasn't able to talk about it, weren't allowed to talk about it. Yeah. So the 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 data says come well, back. Shit was when happening they, when they start looking numbers wise. There's not a, a it's not this big huge. They're everywhere now. No, they was around back then. You just <laughs> didn't have stuff like Megan's Law where you can punch in a zip code and see them. And uh, laws have changed when it pertains to registering sex offenders and you becoming notified about them. But they've always been there. So if you were a kid in the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s, they was there just like they're there now. Uh, and, and, you know, walking to school, hopping the buses, uh, doing all that sort of stuff that we did. I'm not saying that in, in every area everybody should have been. But there was a there was a a risk factor that happened. 
which taught you a certain degree of awareness and taught you a certain degree of reading the room and being mindful because back then it was a big deal if you had a walkman like like if you had the walkman to put it to 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 to, to flip the tape over and if you was lucky if you had rewind on your walk you, know, you had to fast forward flip the tape over to distract you like it, for the most part you was just walking yeah. you know you were mindful of where you were you were in the moment of what you were doing now everybody's in their phones they're in all they're just completely unaware of their surroundings Facts. but but back then there was some training that you learned that allowed you to to maneuver in the world and it doesn't it doesn't mean that the world was necessarily safer yeah. it just means you were better prepared for it Facts. and these kids now are not they 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 like I said they they stage I can't count how many kids I'll sit there and watch them walking about to walk into somebody or people have to move around them because they're in their phone completely oblivious kids getting snatched before they step off the curb because they didn't pay attention that cars were coming by like just just completely unaware of what's going on they they, they got to be built up a little bit better mm. and that's not on them because I'm looking at I I want I I can't count how many parents I know who. And it's not to knock parents or to say that the struggle of raising a kid and I'm not even trying to take away from that ability. But I know a lot of people who are just like they find electronic babysitters. That they find some distraction, because that's the big thing. I just need to distract him yeah. so I can do what I need to do. I just need to keep their attention so I can. And there's a lot less like when I have friends that have still communities like where a baby's born and. The brothers and sisters come by and grandma's it like they're still in the community. That to me is now rare. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, sleepovers with your cousin. Hanging out with like that actual tightness stuff is rare. A lot of these kids is, is just they by themselves. Yeah. And they're not learning some of the social skills, the, the, the social cues, how to deal with people. And so then they turn 18 and an 18 in 2021 is they not an no, 18 in they, 1997. They, 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 they don't have the life skills. They don't even no. have, they haven't even picked up. I picked up cooking from my father. You no. know what I'm saying? Like that. And this is like an early age, and I can literally say me picking up cooking from my father and my auntie and all of them folks that I just watched cook and sat around the kitchen waiting for food has created to dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really created into revenue. Like, the thank you, skills. thank you, baby, baby, white Jesus. That I sat there and I really participated and I figured out some shit. So when I went to culinary school, it wasn't like I was dumb, blind and stupid. It was like, I right, got some of this shit. All I need is some basic shit I need from y'all. And I probably won't even utilize it. And it's funny. I said, it yeah. used to say like, yo, when I get my culinary certificate and shit, I'm not even going to be cooking. And I'm not going to work in no goddamn buddy's kitchen. This is the experience I'm going to have. I'm not going to, I don't want to be no well renowned. I want to do the food that the fuck I want to cook. Yeah. And now I figured out a lane to just like, yo, because I used to be uncomfortable with that idea of that. Now I figured out, well, this is a lane. Thai food's out here. Vietnamese food is out here. Greek food, whatever kind of yeah. food, Latin, what, all these different foods, they're cooking. They're not going at a freaking high end uh, uh, executive, uh, no. you know, California uh, culinary you know, uh, places. Michelin to, star. Yeah, like, yeah, there. brother, they're out there. Man, let me get my food. Whoop-de-wop. Go check in. I'm going to bring some of my family recipes, and I'm going to open up my eatery, and it's going to go rock like that. Yeah. Our young people are missing a lot, but I also have to say maybe why they're missing a lot is because the transitioning of how to be a young person to an adult. Maybe that we're missing that. 
Yeah, there, there's. You need models of possibility. You need to see it. Like I like that. Say that one more time, brother. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Shout out to my uncle Bobby. Uh, that's oh, that, that's Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby. He said uh, that. Say it again. Say it again. So uh, models of possibility. Wow. So you need to see somebody doing something. We can explain stuff all day, every day, but when you actually see somebody do it, come from a similar start with similar means. Like, don't just show me the success story of the dude who grew up with the silver spoon and he had money to begin with. Oh, I made it myself. Yeah, but I, you started with more than I had. So let me see the person who started with what I'm starting with. <laughs> All right, we both started with the same stuff from roughly the same area. And I watched, you showed me how to do this. Yeah. Like, you showed me, okay, I've seen it done now. Now, not only, it's not, it's not theory. Mm. It's not hypothetical this can happen. Like, no, really, this is, this is why... Rappers have a such a, a high following because I can literally you watch why, a guy. You said why they have a high following? Yeah, like for okay, kids who want to be them. Okay. So All for right. kids who want to be athletes, they're models of possibility. I watched this dude from the seventh grade. He was good at basketball. He turned basketball in good in high school. High school, he'd gone on to this. I watched this dude. I sat in English with him. He used to make these little rhymes. He got him a little computer, put some beats together. This dude's got music out. He's got like I there's models of possibility. I've seen this go play out. Okay. You know, but if you're sitting there saying, "Well, you can be a doctor. Show me the doctor who came from where I came from. Show me how he did it." Like that's what I, that's what a lot of them need to see. Like show me what don't tell me, show me. Show me the steps. Show me where you went. Where who would you who was your teacher in the 10th grade? Him? How did he help you? Where did you go? Like show me something. I need mm. to see some actual models. And we have a bunch of models of dysfunction. Mm. What does a relationship look like? I'm 20 with four baby mamas. I see <laughs> that all day every day. So to model that is easy. Show me the guy who's married to the same woman for 20 years with three kids, all under the same those, parent. You, you don't you, got those models no more. Show me it. That, that means that's what these kids, models of possibility. Show me the person who's doing it. You know, don't just tell me, did, did you do it? No. Okay. Well then like, <laughs> like, like show me the one who did. And so models of possibility are definitely necessary. And I think too many of happy married men are quiet. Um, that was a big, you know, you always hear about the guys who complain about marriage, complain about family. The ones who are unhappy ones, a lot of them don't don't come back and talk the, the plus <laughs> because they ain't happy. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying they are in their world. Like they're happy where they are. The same ones who like there's there's people who who, who is sad but hate having kids. They hate their kids. Their oh, kids sure. are drained. But they're the but the ones who love their kids, where are they? They're somewhere with their kids. <laughs> They're not talking about how they love parenting and showing the stuff. They're just living a life with their children. You know, there's a lot of people who came up out of certain areas and found success and they just continued on their line of success, but never came back and showed people how they did it. So it's like, who's who do I see? The person who didn't make it. That's the guy, that's the guy who I see every day. He's still here. So so I see him. But but the dude who you said who went to school with him. Who then went on and did this, and he got him a couple businesses. He got restaurants. Where's he live? Well, he live in L.A. somewhere. Did he ever well, come back? No, we ain't seen him in twenty years. Well, then when we talk about the models, then what are the models of sex? I, you know, my role is always going to be. Um, I'm not a role model. I'm a real model because no. I'm a you know a real person. A role model is like Tiger Woods. He plays a role, then you find out that he ain't really real. You know what I mean? His real role is like, oh, that wasn't you. That was the role that you played. Yeah. Real model. I come to you flawed. 
don't expect um everything to be picture perfect with me yeah. i got some broken windows all over my house so the reality is we talk about the modeling and i feel like a lot of the modeling that we have is one-sided right then you have an interesting place where we're at in our lives you know you talk about you know we, let's let's talk about music for instance that transition right now music in a place to me is, is very dangerous and we don't have enough models of what this transition looks like and why do we not have those well because i think sometimes and for me in particular is watching some of these artists that continue to stay in the game and still are having content and music that is just like it was when we were growing up yeah. and that to me is lethargic at best lazy and doesn't show growth and it just really preys on our society and our very sensitive community where we lack the models to show us how we transition how do we go from successful rap artists or successful artists that had really probably maybe content wasn't the best at that particular time but remember that was when i was young yeah. but now i've matured and i've leveled up and i'm moving in a different route but to me i don't really see that i see it's like you can't what is it what's that old saying they say you can't teach a dog, uh, 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 old dog, do tricks. It's yeah. almost like that theory, right? Where we are blinded by how much we perpetuate the trauma, the drama, and all the dysfunction in our community yeah. by continuing to still embrace the same dysfunctions and same traumas in our community via lyrics, via lifestyle, via content, via personality. Yeah, I think that we, we, the, not even just music. So, I mean, for, for well, I just use the example of music because it's such a, a, a oh, no. um, you know. No, no, I, I agree. It's a big it, global thing that folks can like when you hear it. Oh, yeah, I can relate to the music. No, it yeah, is I'm, overall. I'm saying, I'm saying our, we have a, a, a trauma and drama filled society. So if you look at the music, the artists who were 20 who were talking about, you know, B's ain't S, and now they're 50 talking about B's ain't S. B's ain't S. And wife. <laughs> you got B's ain't S, but you got a wife. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it's the same right. as love and hip hop and real housewives are all 40 year olds. You know, like it's it's all 40, 40 plus year olds. The, the 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 basketball, whatever, chicks who love Ray J, who was in love with Flavor Flav, like they all grown grown ass men and women men and women so there's there's the transition is not happening it, it, the models of possibility so these kids are what they're 13 14 15 year olds is listening to somebody who's their father's age still talking about the same stuff that they're dealing with in their day-to-day -day life they're looking at tv chicks older than their mama out there throwing bottles talking crazy doing this and that you know like there's no like who's the person who who matured? Who's the people who, who okay, you might have a little ratchet start. I get that. That's just life. But then you 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 grew into something and left and transitioned out. They're not seeing that in no. music, they're not seeing it in TV, they're not seeing it because it's internet. not they're not, it's not profitable. Well, it's so not profitable. Here's the deal though. It is, it's just folks because there's a bunch of other groups. That that find value in content. How profitable is it though? 
Very much so. You can find a lot. So? Of, there's a lot uh, of them. Well, so here's the thing. Dysfunction is a cash cow, but it's not the only animal on the farm. So, you know, if you keep going back to this cow, you can get milk. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you I'm can't. Gonna, I'm going to do what I'm going to do with what brought me in the game and made me win. Yeah, but I'm saying so. Even if, if this is if if this is what you come into the game looking at, like this isn't even. I get the ones who are 50 who are still going back to it. Even if you're young, your model's a possibility. This cow gives milk. Okay, you, that means they need to see the chicken that lay eggs. They need to see the fish that are in the pond. They need to see all these other things. That this is not the only way you can get something, because there's other people who are like, man, I don't even mess with dairy. Mm. Like they, they're 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 clearing up on the farm. They've got vegetables growing. They're growing corn. Like they're they're eating. They're eating off of everything else on the farm. So <clears throat> we're just locked in on this one animal. You know say, and so that that's why you have to show them that there's more than just this cow, more than just this means. But that's the reality. We are sheltered in a place no. to where all that's coming out is just this thing, and I think. That because, like, it's almost like there was this trend coming with music. I remember when the first album came out. Let's say I had an album. It was called Pro Black, The Mission, right? And it was like, oh, that was very pro black, The Mission. That was, she was the best. I come up with two, three, four albums. And next thing you know, here comes that millennial that 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 new stretch i'm coming out pro black the mission part two redemption like oh i think i'm gonna strike gold twice no it's the same bullshit that i had the last three four albums it wasn't ever going to be that same pro black it's almost like you're trying to reach that same high that same climax that you can't fine and you keep on getting high you never got high like that the first time in your life you got high it was like boom that was the experience it's almost like when you watch you know we could look at coming to america it was like uh, some people will say coming to america because it should have stayed original should have never did a sequel some people like oh i like the sequel but you know in a lot of theories if it wasn't better than the first one i don't want to see it at all <laughs> right you know, uh, affinity wars you like oh my god affinity wars you had endgame you're like oh it was good, but you're like, man, that Infinity Wars. It's sometimes people continue to go with what made them, what created their path. So why change what got me the big bucks? Though I still got money, though I still got some kind of acclaim, they didn't keep talking about me. They didn't keep checking for me until I, they, wait, excuse me, they didn't keep checking for me with the new content. They kept checking for me with the old content and we try to reach to that. And I think that's why some people don't stop some of the errors to their way. Dysfunction pays in black America. Yeah. You have uh raunchy lyrics pays in black America. Yeah. You could keep calling a B. You could keep calling an N that still gains you bucks smoking weed showing like you're, it still gives promoting gang culture gets you paid. Why would I change that up where at one particular time it really seemed like gangster music and its genre was flatlined and we was reaching a new plateau of, of, of way we looked at music. But now the foundation is street level music has all become 
the new norm for our music that has now come the new norm to our society where before it's like we had a balance beam. It's going back to balancing ourselves out. And right now as a people, for me, we are clearly unbalanced. We're clearly challenged on what transitioning into an older man, an older woman looks like where folks are still trying to hold on and they're celebrated as that. And maybe it's the immaturity of our culture because our culture is a very youthful culture and it keeps us with this fountain of youth right by the, our side, a bottle like right by our side. So we don't really know what it looks like. And I'm not saying brothers have to have suits and ties, but what I am saying is that our reality has to be something different if we're going to save our future because our future seems to be dying in this idea of no way you're going to see models of possibilities because every model of possibility is still doing the same thing that our young people are doing currently. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't like, so for me personally, there's stuff that I don't watch anymore because I'm fed up of, trauma black trauma culture in music in movies and tv Period. like something will come out did you watch that no like i have not watched not one of the shootings except for a little bit of what i saw when it came down to the shooting of the, the young man in minnesota and that was yeah. just for content purposes yeah so you get instagram stuff that hits you get stuff like someone's asking did you see that movie the show them or something i was like i i saw enough that i'm like i'm cool you know, um, did you see this? And it would be something where, you know, I, I'm cool on watching slave pictures. I'm cool on watching, you know, like, like trauma what, what are we going to find in another slave movie? That's like, what I'm saying. What, what, you know what I'm saying? But they keep making them because there's a dollar for it. They're, they keep putting out trauma, black trauma movies because there's a dollar for it. Does that mean that we can't a black love story? Wouldn't wouldn't. Pay, yes. Yes. People would go see a black love story. People would go and see black comedy that's not just about, you know, the low vibration stuff that, that we can laugh at. It's just that we just keep programmed and locked into the low vibrating stuff is, well, well it, it, it gets a dollar, like it, it gets attention. So let's just keep going and going and going and going back to that one. And I think tying all the way back to when we started a conversation, like how we had R&B, we had music, wide variety. You could sit there and listen to Whitney Houston. Or Mariah Carey, if you liked her. You can listen to Janet Jackson. You could listen to Mary J. Blige, listen to Aretha Franklin, or Anita Baker. You could listen to Maya. You could listen to... <laughs> wow. so all these people existed at the same time. Like All these people were putting out music at the exact same time. Whatever you was into, it, it, you, could, you could listen to it. And so... Right. And, and it thrived. Everybody was eating because everyone has different tastes and it, and it sparked creativity because everyone was doing something different. Now, when you get it to where there's like this one way and it's just repetitive and it's just low vibrating and then you start to feel like this is the only lane you can go down. And then everybody goes in that lane. And everybody goes down it because they think and this is the only one that works. It was just, it was just like, it was just, like it was just like when everyone started to get like an R&B, oh, excuse me, a rap artist to like be featured, right? That was yeah. like one of the big things in R&B. You had to feature a hip hop artist that was kind of like doing their thing, like, oh, I got to get them for a feature. Or then it turned around where the hip hop artist had to go get some R&B yeah. artist to do the hook, right? And then all of a sudden it was like, 
Well, the R&B artist is going to rap. <laughs> now they, the, uh, you know the hip hop is going to sing. Huh. <laughs> yeah, they talked about that. Uh, ja Rule, I remember he had an interview. He's like, well, how come you started singing on this? He said, because I realized how much features cost me. Uh, he was like, you get you, you paying people to come and sing the hooks on your song, and you're paying so much money for him. He's like, I just feel like just singing myself. Um, but yeah, so when you when when you just whittle everything down to thinking that there's only A or B, when you don't realize that it's A through Z, that's what makes this stuff. That's what that's what eliminates those models. Like if you were a, if a young girl wanted to be a singer in the '90s, who she could emulate was across the board. Like if she was like, I I like insert person here nothing but you could like tony braxton mm. you you could like you know and then you still had shaka khan Facts. and you still had tina turner and you still had, like patty labelle and and, and and patrice russian and you still had you know you you had while you had the introduction of erica badu while you had like i mean you just had all these different models of oh i can do this i can do this differently and I can, there is a different sound and there, I can be more creative and these things are more open and you see those models of possibility and you're like, I feel more free to try something new as opposed to if I walk into the room and everybody's wearing a white shirt, my go-to thing is I should be wearing a white shirt. Mm. Well, well, everyone here has got white shirts on. Like, is there is a memo? Was there email that I not get? We got uniforms? Like, no, we just all, we, everybody just wearing white shirts. So the next time you show up, guess what? You're wearing a white shirt. Yep. And then the next person who walks in the room and sees everybody with white, they go back and put on a white shirt. And I think we just have too much of that. But if you walked in a room and saw everybody wearing tank tops, white shirts, sweaters, beanies, like just every color in the rainbow, then you'd come back more dressed like how you would want to get dressed. No doubt. Yeah. Well, brother, Stuff like this. Where can folks keep up with you? Where can folks find this, you this, online? This, these are hard facts, man. Free to guy, free to guy, man. Facebook jail, man. I got seven days, man. Seven days left, man. <laughs> uh, Barry Axius, uh, IG, Twitter, I'm back on, and um, FB. And also remember, family, May 22nd, the Malcolm X Fest. It's happening. Third, 1913 Del Paso Boulevard. Come out and join us. Aren't you supposed to be doing a commercial for it? It's the first I've heard of it, but, uh, but I mean, you go ahead and throw that out there. I mean, yeah, right. yeah we, we talk about that. Yeah, this, that's literally the first I've heard of it, but it's all not right. a problem. Okay. Uh, I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO, wherever you're all out there in the world. We appreciate you for listening to the podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing this. Uh, we appreciate it. Rate, subscribe, share, leave a comment. Any in the above is, is greatly appreciated. And then, uh, oh, uh, rest in peace, Black Rob. Brother, we didn't get to talk about that. That's yeah. I actually met a brother about 10 years ago. We can save that for another story. Yeah. Uh, it's been the Say Something Podcast. Till next episode. We out. We will holler at you later. Peace. <laughs>